This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, senior technology editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where you answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything, like how do I make my home Wi-Fi faster? And why do I need to? You don't need to. Hint, because we're all streaming Netflix. Exactly. And chilling. Should tech companies be able to moderate online content, even if it's coming from neo-Nazi sites? That is the question of the day. It was a really good question, and we addressed it last week with the head of the EFF and the Cloudflare CEO, which I highly I recommend say, I you go you listen to. doxing them. It's a very controversial. It is a, it's a controversial topic. And we, we really got into it last week, so check that out. What I want to know, though, this week is why did Kara lose the Uber job to Dara Koroshahi? Am I saying that correctly? I, I, I better get used I to it. I have not yet talked to him. Koro, Koroshahi. Koroshahi. Anyway, Dara, who is the CEO of Expedia, he's fantastic. He's a very nice guy, I think, from what I understand, which will make him at odds with the people at Uber. Anyway, so send us your questions. We do read them all. Find us on the Twitter and tweet them to at Recoder to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag too embarrassed. We also have an email address. It's too embarrassed at recode.net. And a friendly reminder that embarrassed has two R's and two S's. Yes, indeed. And that Kara's password has seven numbers <laughs> and it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> Very You're funny. welcome. Today anyway. I'm too embarrassed to ask. Yes. We are talking to Adrian Aoun. He is the CEO Aoun. of Forward. Cue the Aoun. That's literally how we were told to pronounce it. Yes. Hence, we are howling. Adrian is the CEO of Forward. It's a company that bills itself as a new kind of doctor's office, which uses high-tech tools to help patients manage their health. We're going to talk about all the ways this is different from what you'd consider to be a normal doctor's office and the changing landscape of healthcare more generally. We're also going to talk about Silicon Valley's obsession with healthcare. Indeed. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. No, it's a pleasure to Welcome be here. Welcome to Too Embarrassed to Ask. Welcome. The general recode universe. <laughs> anyway, let's, he's sitting in the red chair right now I, and he looks alarmed. <laughs> he looks alarmed. Listen, I've been there, so I'm going to talk about my experience here a little bit, but I want to get your background because it's super interesting. You've had a varied background, which this was sort of a shift for you. So why don't you talk a little bit of your history because it's it's really unusual. Yeah, so my, my background is a little more kind of your traditional tech, right? I've done a few um, startups. I did one um, in the AI space a few years ago that uh, Google ended up acquiring and then kind of helped on a lot of the uh, AI efforts over there. And then as I was doing that, I kind of switched into a, uh, a different role working for Larry kind of helping on some of these alphabet projects and creating some of the alphabet companies. And, and this is Larry shots. Page. The Larry Page, mm-hmm. sorry. These are the moon shots. And the, uh, some of the moon. No, that's in I some of the moon shots. Uh, sure. I'm okay. not sure. Okay. <laughs> I never reached the moon. Um, and so, but the interesting thing about that is, you know, the vast majority of technology that we do in the Bay Area is really tech for the sake of tech, right? It's like truly tech companies. But a lot of the alphabet companies are tech applied to different sectors, right? Mm-hmm. So you're merging. So one of the companies I started is is Sidewalk Labs, which you might have heard of, right? Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting because we took a bunch of tech folks, but we also took a bunch of folks from the world of urban planning mm-hmm. and the world of politics, and uh, and we merged them together and said, okay, now let's go, let's go work on urban innovation. And so I started to get really interested in this notion of just kind of mixing tech and uh, and other sectors. As I was doing that, I had the uh, maybe less fortunate experience, which is uh, a close family member of mine, my brother had a heart attack a few years ago. And so I, I you know, I, I'm young, I'm decently healthy. I haven't really paid attention to healthcare that much, mm-hmm. frankly, like a lot of folks. But then I saw what he went through. And, you know, you always hear healthcare is broken, this, that, and the other, but it's a it's a super foreign concept until you, until you experience it yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes super visceral, right, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, and so I just watched what he went through, and, and I saw a bunch of different problems. I saw... First, just the experience is so rough, and and we take it for granted. We're like, yeah, but it's healthcare. Why does the experience need to be good? But actually, what you find is that people don't go to the doctor. They don't engage their health. A lot of us have access to great care, but we don't 
even use I mean, it. This is a guy who has good care compared to most people who did exactly. some of the best. But so still. the person who has good care had bad care. Exactly, because that experience just causes us to not go. The second thing that really kind of only makes sense when you experience it yourself is that healthcare is reactive, not preventative, right? So everybody was by his side after he had the heart attack, but where were they before, right? And that it's so simple, right? Because you can take these, I don't know, $100,000 of bills and all this pain and you can solve it for really, really simple treatments. Like the, It turns out a lot of the time the technology is there. And then the third thing, and this I actually put on us as technologists, where this is where we really screwed up. Like we haven't set up doctors for success, right? Mm -hmm. So in this day and age, you wouldn't go up to a software engineer and say, hey, you know, build me a website and not, not hand her a laptop. But it's totally okay to go up to a doctor and say, save my life. And then you hand them a stethoscope. It just mm -hmm. seems absurd, right? Like right. this is my life we're talking about. Um, and then the last thing I saw is, um, is what I think of as healthcare equality, right? So there's 7 billion people on the planet. Less than 2 billion of them have access to any form of real care. And so how odd is it in this day and age that we can take the entirety of the world's information via Google and a smartphone and get it to the middle of India for just a few dollars, but we can't get basic healthcare there? Mm -hmm. It just seems odd. And obviously it's because... Healthcare is a labor-based business, right? And labor doesn't scale anywhere near the same way that technology scales. So one of the things that, that we think is a real opportunity is to take all these super routine, really inefficient things and move them from labor to so technology. It, I don't mean to carp yeah. on Silicon Valley people, but they always try to think they're going to fix everything. I mean, I think President Obama said not everything is fixable by a tech solution. Yeah. And obviously, healthcare has gotten sucked into this political mess in this country, not everywhere in the world, but in this country for sure. So you're, you're sort of taking on the idea that just if you only apply a few apps and taps to it it'll be fine like kind of thing how did you think about it because it is labor intensive people's bodies are analog and they're made of not the things that you make digital out of yeah so i agree with you so uh i don't think text this solution i think it's necessary but not sufficient right and so uh so the same way in sidewalk we didn't just say hey we're a bunch of tech people let's go figure <laughs> out kind of cities saving you know? the city yeah yeah what we said is hey let's partner with people that are in that industry that bring a lot of expertise right and so uh so we've been fortunate from the very beginning to have a lot of great doctors nurses medical assistants tons of people from the world of healthcare. Um, and from all the great institutions you know, right? The Stanfords, UCSF, Kaiser, et cetera. So the people that have actually done it as opposed to people, you know, in the tech world that have just talked about it. And they it. all gripe too. My brother's a doctor. They he, do. All he does is gripe about so, the system. Yeah, and that's actually the opportunity, right? Because they want to solve the problem. People from tech want to solve the problem. Customers, they want to solve the problem. It turns out everybody is unhappy with the system. So so at Ford, we just said, okay, well, why don't we just get everybody together so trying and, one work solution. On it and, and work on it together? And so your solution is, it's an analog one, ultimately, because what you're doing is you're creating a physical space. It's a clinic where people go to. So, I mean, you could have been solving EMRs, right? You could have been, I know that your clinics have lots of like high-tech gadgets and diagnostic tools yeah. and stuff like that but ultimately it's a place where people go yeah talk about yeah. that and talk about the pricing of it too yeah 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 so you you brought up a great thing right it's like you could have solved the mr you could have solved the gadget you could have solved this one thing or that one thing but whenever you do that you end up in this world where you're kind of still playing inside that legacy system it's really really hard to kind of screw around with the legacy system i'm sure a lot of people are good such at as that. using an old computer system yeah. like mainframes exactly like just exactly. get rid of them completely well yeah we just said hey you know let's come out with a new product and it's uh it's not digital it's not analog it's all of the above, right? There's humans, there's technology, and they're all working in concert. And that's really, really important. And you see that in every modern great service, right? You wouldn't look at Uber and say Uber is just a tech company. It turns out it's techs, it's ops, it's people, it's, it's cars, it's everything, right? All kind of packaged together, and that's what makes it work. Um, forward would be would be nonsense and ridiculous without without the humans that power it, right? Without without having great doctors, it's a non-starter. And forward would also be uh, nonsense and not moving the ball forward if we didn't have great technology. So so we want to bring those together. So explain the process, and it's expensive for regular people it's not going to be affordable yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh so you're totally right and the way we think about it is it's just kind of the beginning so we charge 149 a month for some people that's a lot and for some people that's a little and it's doesn't and it, that's actually, just the membership that's just yeah to but the go membership is all inclusive so there's no co-pays there's no upsells we've got a lab so we're doing blood tests you're into all that stuff's included your vaccines included um, if we have if we have something in our pharmacy, we give it to you. That's included. Sensors included. So we're not we're not kind of upselling you. And that's actually one of the things.
things that makes it pretty cheap for a lot of people, right? Because your normal healthcare, every time you go, that you get a bill in the mail for a few hundred bucks, and that stuff adds up. Now, the way the way we think about it is. Our goal is to bring this to the masses, right? Mm-hmm. Again, we, we think back to that seven billion number, and it's a long road to get there, right? We're not going to get there in the next two years or even ten years, which in Silicon Valley isn't popular to say, right? We're just at the very beginning. But the same way that the first iPhone was what seven hundred bucks, and now you have smartphones in the middle no, of the next India. Nine hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what's cool? You know what's cool about the iPhone? You heard it here first. Coming yeah, up, right? Kara Swisher apparently knows. No, it is right. It's but, like, well, that's the report. But what's, expensive. But what's cool is that they showed the way. Right? They developed the technologies that other people. You know, they started a movement towards that, and that's yeah. really exciting, right? Or you look at uh, you look at Elon saying, "I want to solve the hydrocarbon problem." Right? Elon Musk. Elon for Musk. For those of you yeah. who are listening, uh, I'm going to just insert last names sorry, when you. It's sorry. okay when we get into Silicon Valley <laughs> speak here. I'm going to bring out. it back down okay. to earth. People. They know in a second. I'm going to talk about share, and you're going to be totally. Um, so, so you know, when Elon Musk, Mr. Musk, uh, said he wanted to solve hydrocarbons, he then came out with a hundred fifty thousand dollar car, right? And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, how are you going to solve this problem with a hundred fifty thousand dollar car? But again, he's patient, and he said, yeah, yeah, but give it time, right? Ten years, what twelve? I, I forget the number. Twelve, thirteen years later, now we're just at the beginning of that thirty five thousand dollar year, um, and but there's two things that have happened. One. Over that time, he has started to like lower that cost using technology, and that's really awesome. But the second thing is, and maybe his legacy won't really be um, the effect Tesla had, but the effect he had on the industry, right? Because now everybody else is going, uh-oh, we better build these cars too and play the same game. And that's really exciting. Your service has been compared to the Apple Store. It's been described as the Apple Store yeah. of healthcare. But you're saying you actually see your companies being more analogous to Tesla. I think that there's elements of all these, right? There's elements of design that, that cause us to be compared to Apple. Uh, there's there's elements of kind of our, our mission to kind of lower the cost over time and make it more and more accessible that uh, that can compare us to things like Tesla. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's kind of necessarily a one size fits all. But even because we're built on this technology platform, you kind of see us uh, lowering our cost every day. And let me explain that. So every single day we're launching new features, right? So we're we're coming out with uh, with things like weight loss programs or sleep and anxiety programs, uh, medication management, which honestly doesn't sound sexy until it turns out you're 65 and on 15 meds, right? All these new features that we're launching, we're building on top of a tech platform. We're not just throwing more labor at it, which means we're able to offer it without having to increase our cost every day. So, you know, when we think of launching optometry as a really great example, we don't think of hiring optometrists, we think of sensors that scan your eyes. And why is that valuable? Again, now it's just the marginal cost. The ability to bring it out to the masses is super, super, super inexpensive. So that's why. So you you want to add on services into these services? Like you add on it, but go through what someone comes in and what are they getting for this? They're getting full checks whenever they want. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have, so you want healthy people coming in there. So they don't bug it. No, no, actually that's not really true. So the way you have to think about it is that you want people that want to engage their health. Mm-hmm. Right. So one place where we differ from um, from the traditional system um, is, you know, if you walk into a public hospital or a lot of those or county hospitals, things like that, they're actually a lot of what they're doing is they're treating people that don't really want to be treated. Right. Um, and we haven't we haven't gone after that market uh, yet. Eventually, we'd love to. Um, but it's tricky to do that. Right. It's tricky because a lot of the healthcare system today is super paternalistic. Right. It's like you don't know what's good for you. So I'm going to con you into this or I'm going to force you into this or I'm going to trick you into this. And that's not what we want. We want people that want to engage their health. Now, uh, our our average member is about 40 years old. We have tons of people in their 50s, 60s, tons in their uh, in their 30s, 40s. Um, but a lot of those are not, are unfortunately, not the healthiest person you've ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. We have we have people with real issues, right? Because um, the way you get your money's worth is by going in a lot. Like in here, my arm hurts. Like my arm's twitching today. What's that? Yeah, What's... I wouldn't think of it necessarily as going in a lot. Um, some of that is true, but also we have a pretty strong kind of telemedicine program. So when you come into Ford, think of it as when you're on site, we're going to take the opportunity to use all of our technology and all of our doctor's time to really learn you. Learn everything we can from kind of head to toe 
not metaphorically, but, but literally, everything that we can learn about you. That way, it's really easy for us to be by your side on an ongoing basis, right? So that when you message into us, and we've got that kind of 24-7 nice team, thank you, when, when you message into us, we know right away what you're talking about, right? It's not, you say you have a headache, it's not, whoa, 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 do you have any family history of this, that, and the other? It's like, well, we already know, so we can give you well, your guidance. your doctors are presumably supposed to know, and they never do. Like, it's true. Uh, exactly. Well, in, in the reason doctors in a normal system don't know is honestly they don't have the time, nor unfortunately do they have the technology to kind of help them. Right. So this is like boutique healthcare in a way. But what happens? Concierge so you, you talk, yeah, concierge style. It's a good word. But you, you talk about this 140. About I know all about it. <laughs> you talk about this 149 dollar fee that includes everything. Um, what happens if someone comes in? and they're getting a checkup and they need more advanced diagnostics. MRIs can be very yeah. expensive, things like, yeah. or CAT scans, or what if they come in and they actually are diagnosed with something chronic that requires long-term care. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, they still need some type of insurance. insurance. And so how does that relationship work between forward and insurance companies? Yeah. What, it's a, it's a great are question. you in network for people? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, so the for, forward itself, when you're at forward, we're not billing your insurance. It's just all that membership fee. Everything inside of our four walls, you never have to you worry can go about anytime. insurance. Go, go in anytime, Text you just anytime. schedule it. Exactly, you're just super, super easy. Um, but you're right. We have tons of members, um, unfortunately, that come in, and you know sometimes you really do find those serious things, whether it's the cancers or, or whatever. It happens I like that to you be. said the cancer. The ca- so an it's cancer. old lady says it. The cancer. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Karen. My grandmother used to say. Uh, that. What would we do without you? <laughs> um, and so what we do there is we don't. So one of the big problems of the the traditional healthcare system today is it's really kind of a throw it over the fence model, right? It's like, oops, sorry, got to refer you over there. Good luck. Yeah. Peace out. See ya. And then you never hear back. You never know. And mm-hmm. it's, it's super kind of fragmented, not integrated care. And we didn't like that. So we do work with the existing system. So what we do is we refer you to partners of ours, kind of a specialist network that we've built. We make sure that they're in network for your insurance. So we're happy to kind of help with that. And we'll actually help you get that appointment, get you in quickly. We send your records over, then you kind of see them. And then what we do is we get the records back. And this is really, really important. We get the records back and we do that ongoing care management, right? Because they only have the time to kind of see you and diagnose you and give you your treatment. But that kind of data to day is still being done by your primary care doctor, which is us. And that's why they call it your primary care doctor, right? But the primary care doctor isn't necessarily reading the results of your exams. No, no, the experts do, right? Yeah, the experts over there, you know, the Mm -hmm. oncologist, whomever it may be, was reading it, but they're also sending us that information and and giving us guidance. And then you all make sure and then have money. It's interesting because I literally just had an MRI uh, for my stroke many years ago, and literally I can't get the doctor to call me back to tell me whether I'm dying Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. (laughs) No, but seriously, I guess I I'm not because he. I was just going to say I feel like very fortunate listening to this because I go to uh, like a family care practice where Which they're is kind very of like, responsive via email yeah. and they happen to be integrated. So when but I walk still, in, if they say you need to go get more tests or whatever it is, it's literally right down the hall. They don't hand do it for you. It's a really interesting thing. It's just I, having had a major illness. It's really and having great insurance. It's fascinating. I can't even imagine if you didn't have. It's already onerous. Right, which is what this country is going through. I mean, yeah, a lot exactly. of millions of people are going yeah. through right now. Yeah, like either not good enough healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's either not good enough or it's difficult to obtain right. yes. unless you're so, very wealthy. So this comes back to what I was saying at the beginning, right, where it's like it's, it's easy to say, wow, 149 uh, a month is a lot. And maybe for you it is. Maybe you're super healthy and you know what, that's just not the stage of life that you're in. But I challenge you to go up to uh, go up to somebody who maybe isn't super wealthy, right? And uh, maybe they're in their 50s, maybe they're in their 60s, and they're suffering from a lot of things. They don't have a solution today, right? They can't afford the $20,000 a year doctor that everybody in Silicon Valley seems to have, right? And it turns out that going to your normal primary care doctor, you know, Kaiser, we have one one uh, one of our physicians who came from Kaiser who tells me that you know he had appointment times that were seven minutes and twelve minutes and fourteen minutes. Yeah, they've minutes got it and, down to him. And like, I, what do you do in that time? It's it's not enough time to say hello, much less figure out somebody's real issues and like coach them on. It takes Karen and I fourteen minutes to start a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've noticed. So, it's not lost on oh us. Oh my goodness, Adrian. Now listen, explain how people go through it. I have done it. I can explain it, but I'd rather you yeah, you sure. walk into your beautiful little 
storefront. You have a storefront. It yep. looks like it's like a yeah. So we wanted it's in to San make Francisco. it's like a juice store, yeah, possibly. Yeah. People wandering, looking um, for. And Karen knows her juice stores. Yeah, I was going to say um, kale I, don't, I don't drink much kale, but um, I like a kale smoothie. Uh, as you're wearing so, your kale shirt, and I'm oh, I am. You're right. So we, it was really important for us that a doctor's office feels like something that you can just walk into any day. Not this thing that you're you're super afraid of. In fact, there's this thing in in healthcare that I've learned about called uh, white coat. Uh, hypertension. Have you guys heard of this? No. It's basically everybody's kind of metrics, like your blood pressure goes up because you see the person in the white coat and you're just scared. You're just anxious, right? So, mm-hmm. so we started by just making it a place that, you know, honestly is just pleasant, right? It's a little like walking into the Apple store. I don't know if you remember what life was like before Apple when we were all using Dells. It was really scary to deal with tech support. Then Apple, spas. it's like, I don't mind swinging by. Hey, can you fix my phone? So, so that was the first thing. Now, Let's say it's your first time at Ford or it's been a while. We, we want to get what we call a baseline of understanding of your health. Healthcare today is all about, oh, you've got a rash. I'm going to get you in and out in seven minutes and be done. But we know people aren't really dying of rashes that often, right? We're dying of, of the heart diseases, the cancers, et cetera. And so um, what we wanted to do was make sure that we take the time to get uh, this full kind of comprehensive understanding. And we do that in a few different ways. So the first way, after you kind of check in at an iPad, you walk up to a, uh, a body scanner and just takes what you would normally think of as kind of your vitals, right? Um, and this is, you know, your heart rate, your pulse oximetry, things like that. But your height, re- your weight. It's cool. Height, okay. weight. It's cool. Okay. Thank you. But what's cool Wait, about the bot- it? Has the body scanner takes your pulse oximetry? Do you have to yeah. put on a finger? Um, so you just slide your like hand okay. into no, it and it takes a bunch of readings. Now, what's cool about it is, again, it's a platform, right? So, so we're constantly trying to add more and more sensors sensors to it so that it uh, so that it's just kind of again super inexpensively taking more information and what's great about it is it sends it into the exam room for you and the doctor to go over but it actually also sends it down to your phone so that you can start to be in control of your information be empowered now the second step is you walk into that exam room and one of our great medical assistants greets you and and uh, and we take typically blood and if if appropriate urine as well as giving you um, your vaccines. At what and, point does the young blood of people in Silicon Valley get injected <laughs> into you? Uh, you might have to talk have, to somebody else uh, about that. That's not yet oh, a feature okay. we support. Wrong company. <laughs> wrong, wrong company. Um, They're blood boys on blood staff. Boys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, got one there's myself. no Huli. Um, anyway. So um, what's I cool do. about that is we actually Travis have... Travis Kalanick? Oh, great. goodness. No, I wouldn't want that blood. Hey, anyway. snap with it. All right. Sorry. Okay. Right, focus on Adrian. Go ahead. So, so what's cool about it is that we actually have our own blood processing facilities on site. So we take your blood, we take it back, and we process it. And this is, it's pretty thorough, right? So it's, it's your electrolytes, your lipids, your kidney function, mm-hmm. liver function, urinalysis, STD testing, and all that sort of stuff. What's Quickly. cool about it? Yeah, it occurs in about 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the results come right back to the exam room. So the oh, way the exam rooms uh, uh, works is pretty cool. So there's this big kind of uh, futuristic, fun-looking screen on the wall. It's got a model of your body, and all the data that we've learned about it is, is overlaid onto that model. Now, when your doctor is there, they're kind of helping drive that screen, but it's a little more of a collaborative experience. So anything you and your doctor are talking about is actually being kind of live represented on the screen so you can collaboratively build your plans and kind of work together to really make sure. And someone's listening and typing, right? Yeah, exactly. So so we have, a, we have a scribe that's, that's basically powering the system. But what's also cool about it is any sensors we use in the exam room. So doctors all the time are using sensors. They don't think of it as such, but that's what stethoscopes, EKGs, otoscopes, that's what they are. But all that data is getting lost, and we didn't like that. So in our case, our sensors are actually live hooked up to that screen. So if they're taking a heart reading, you actually see your your heart wave on the screen in real time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Same with things like blood pressure, EKGs. And what's cool is all that's getting saved into your profile and pulled up later whenever the doctor or you want it, um, because of course you can access all this on your phone. Now, once you kind of come up with, hey, here's the things I want to focus on, we've we've screened through kind of head to toe every single part and really kind of turned over every rock to make sure we they understand. They ask about you. your drinking, drug. They ask about personal things, stress. Absolutely. So it's not Lauren. just it's not just illness. It's also wellness, which I think is something that we we kind of look yeah. over a lot in meditation. The world of so there would be a tab that, or I could like say I work with Kara Swisher, and they would they would then probably all put the me red in. alerts would go off. <laughs> right category because we can help you find a new job if that's what you're looking for um, um 
Yeah, she, this awkward <laughs> laugh where everyone knows it's true. <laughs> so we go through kind of all these categories, right? So one is your, your kind of body systems, right? That's the head to toe. We go through things like uh, cancer risk, right? Because that's super important. We go through wellness. Then we just go through your, your tactical remedies, right? Are you up to date on all your vaccines? Are you traveling anywhere soon that might need some? Like what medications are you on this, that, and the other? So those kind of four categories we go through. Typically takes about an hour. It can run, it can run longer as well. So it's really, really thorough because, again, it's super important we learn about you up front. Now at this point, we've created with you all the kind of relevant plans, and we, we enroll you into almost what we think of uh, uh, kind of almost like a curriculum, right? It's like, hey, you know what? In your case, we really want to focus on, on your heart risk, right? So in my family, it turns out there's, there's a lot of heart problems. So, so for me, that's really important. We say, you know, we're going to put that kind of top of mind, top of the list, and we show you over the course of the coming year, over the course of the next 12 months, these are the things we're going to work with you on. These are the goals. These are the action items, but also here's the kind of check-ins along the way and the metrics that we're going to measure to ensure that this isn't a bunch of hand-wavy stuff that we're actually getting to um, getting to success, right? And so, again, for some people, these things are truly, truly medical. Diabetes management, heart risk. And for some people, these things are a little more wellness. Hey, I just want to, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, but you know what? I want to run a little faster. Or the one that it turns out everybody in this town has, oh, no. Stress. You know, no, you can stress. tell us about your stress yeah, with working the with colleagues. Sure. Now, is, is there not a, it, do you offer all. any type of um, tier for what you're, you know, your pricing? So, for example, if someone yeah. didn't want to pay on a monthly basis, but they wanted to check in four times a year and then they wanted to use yeah. apps and wearables yeah. to monitor, yeah. you know, qu- quantify great, themselves otherwise. Yeah, it's a great question. So, so. Uh, we don't really think that healthcare is episodic, and I think that's one of the big mm-hmm. mistakes that the existing healthcare system has made. Right? It's kind of uh, that that incentivizes a super reactive nature as a, as opposed to a preventative nature. Right? So your body doesn't stop changing on a daily basis. Your body doesn't say, "Oh, I'm not going to think about health for the next uh, for the next three months or six months." Right? Health needs to be something that is a routine that's built into our daily lives. And we do that really well as a society in some ways, right? Like we all brush our teeth a couple times a day, right? And that's really awesome because every single day you've gotten into the routine of managing the health. But it turns out that, you know, when you think of what's going on, whether, again, it's your heart or even your mind, right? It's not like it's not like your day is but any less at stressful. The, at the same time, you don't want everyone to come in all the time, right? That's You don't care? Or so, so I actually I think about it a little differently. I love when our customers engage engage their health using our product. We think that's fantastic. Our our engagement stats are about 7x the normal doctor's office. So they go and that's or wonderful. they like use it like a... But yeah, but here's the cool thing. I want if I told you you had to come in once a week, personally I'd love it, but you're not going to do it. You're going to get fatigue. Right. So I need to make it really really easy for you. So that's where the app comes in and that 24/7 team. They're mm-hmm. just constantly sending you, you know, little pings. Hey, by the way, we haven't seen your, you know, in my case, we haven't seen your vitamin D level in a while or hey, we're a little worried about your cholesterol are you keeping up on this thing on this diet change or this exercise or maybe you should swing by and just get that quick blood test so we try and really integrate it into your daily life as opposed to having it be this kind of foreign concept where once every six months i need to magically Mm -hmm. remember that i'm supposed to go to the doctor we're going to take a quick break for an ad read and get back to more questions for adrian and then after that we're going to go to even more questions from our readers and listeners yes we want to talk about america's larger healthcare problems right now should i do the first kitchen i get to do two kitchen this episode. All right. Okay. Fantastic. Ka-ching. That means we're making more money than ever. Yes. Yeah. And it's largely because of Are me, though they haven't told you, you out, Lauren. No, you really don't. Really? It's fun working with you. Stress has worked for me quite well in my life, I feel. I feel like a little bit of stress is me a little, too. from a working perspective, can be good. A little bit. We can talk about fear and stress and all kinds of things. Yes, all kinds of the healthcare stuff. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break now for a word from our sponsor. We'll be back in a minute with Adrian Aoun, the CEO of Forward. Ka-ching. Thank you. You could do that a little more enthusiastic. Ka-ching. Thank you. This show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people with your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, more than 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site in just one day. 
No juggling emails or calls to the office. Simply screen, write, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. One more time to get it for the low, low price of free. Go to, oh, Adrian thinks that's funny. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Used by Uber in its recent search for the CEO. Did they? No, I don't know, but you know. Seems like they ended up with a good candidate. They did. He's a good uh, <laughs> Once again, we're back with Adrian Aoun. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Adrian. That's the way it's going to be the rest of your life. <laughs> I have a question about yeah. um, healthcare at a macro level. Explain what he does first for the people who are just tuning in. For the people just tuning in, Forward is a concierge health service here in San Francisco that charges $149 per month mm-hmm. for state-of-the-art care anytime you need it. But that is on top of other services that you might need more uh, sort of I don't know, bigger diagnostic right. issues or chronic but they could add like dental coverage and, and like things like that. But we're talking about Silicon Valley's, uh, I guess, obsession, for lack of a better word, with trying to solve healthcare issues through technology and through yeah. services. And I wanted to ask you a question that applies, I guess, sort of broadly to healthcare in general in the U.S. Around the time that you first revealed Forward to the public, it was earlier this year, was, I think I believe it was in January. Um, that was around the time that the Congressional Budget Office first put out a report saying, here's the number of people who are going to lose insurance, and it was many millions of people, if the Affordable Care Act, which was introduced by President Obama during his tenure, was repealed. Now, ultimately, we know that recently uh, the Senate voted down to roll back Obamacare. So as it exists right now, things are still kind of in this tenuous place. But the truth of the matter is that you were launching a sort of boutique healthcare service for people who could afford $149 a month on top of existing healthcare at a time when millions of people were about to lose their insurance. How do you think about forward in the broader landscape of healthcare yeah. in this country? Yeah. And do you want to sort of address that in any way with your business? Yeah, I mean, first off, would love to address it, right? And that's that's what gets us up every morning. The first thing to say is we get super caught up in what our, you know, maybe broken government happens to be doing on any given day. But the truth is that when you kind of zoom out a little and you just look at the magnitude of the problem, all of what's occurred in the last year is roughly noise, right? So if I look at if I look at uh, you know healthcare costs in this country over the last I don't know order of fifty years, we've gone from six percent of GDP to sixteen percent of GDP. I mean, it's just not tenable. So to say that you know this little bill that's passing or not is is like you know is the biggest issue that we should focus on just doesn't seem to make sense. We need to get at the root of the problem. Now I'll be the first person to say you know there's a reason that that Ford didn't partner with an insurance company from day one or work with with the government that that's not our expertise and, and there's a lot of people that are working on that and I'm, I'm really happy that they're doing that because hopefully we can partner with them there's some really good and there's some really bad right so the really bad part is that there's tons and tons of people in this country that are disenfranchised and if we can be a little less myopic, it's not just this country. It's all over the planet, right? In right. Many, in but in this ways. country, I mean, life expectancy for certain groups of people has actually gone down in recent years. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our maternal deaths have gone up more than in other developed countries. I mean, this is That's sad. Bad. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. But let's focus on the good part for a second. The good part is that this is creating a national conversation, and that's awesome, right? Because you're starting to see people really, really, really care in a way that they didn't 20 or 30 years ago. People are riled up. Now, where what's the next step? What do we need to do to kind of harness that energy? Because at least folks I know, and you know, this, this certainly isn't fully representative, but folks I know say, well, I have a lot of opinions. I have a lot of passion. I want this self but what do I do, right? How do I, like, really calling my congressman, that's that's the solution to the problem, really? And so we wanted to basically say, well, maybe there's another way. Maybe we should create a conversation in which in which you're partnering with folks that are actually building the products that you want, right? And we see this in tons of industries today, right? When Facebook changes some features 
everybody yells, I want the old Facebook, I want the old Facebook. And you know, you actually get change, right? Facebook, you're being creepy. Uber, stop tracking my location. And all of a sudden, Uber's like, fine, 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 we're not tracking. And so there's a really great connection from the people using the service to the people providing the service. And you get that immediate feedback loop. But think of what your experience is like today. You go to the doctor and you're like, you know what? I didn't like that experience. I didn't like that he used the little hammer on my knee or I didn't like that the the chair was cold, whatever it happens to be. How do you get that change? You don't have an outlet. What are you going to do? Those don't seem your- like huge problems to solve. No, but the, the experience he's talking about, the idea, nobody, it's really interesting because you're talking about this, nobody likes the doctor experience. I don't think anybody likes it particularly. It's never... It's sort of like, it reminds me a little bit of the, remember the taxi experience was always bad, like always dirty, always hard to find, always too expensive. And what Uber and Lyft did is they attacked a problem that you didn't know was there until like, you just put I, up with it. I agree. Which I think and is let me, And let me push further when you say that's not the problem to solve. I think that's the ballgame. Because you have to start somewhere. You have to get people understanding, oh, when I actually engage this, it gets better. And you start with something like, well, you know, let's not use a cold chair. But all those tiny little steps lead up to massive change. And it's not going to be us alone, right? I don't think we are the solution to healthcare's problems. I don't, everybody that says, oh, are you going to solve healthcare? I think is a little ridiculous and doesn't understand the magnitude of the problem. But I think that when you get, when you start to empower people in this country with an ability to actually affect the outcomes, over time, all of us working together, the, what, the 335 million Americans that care about this will actually have massive outcomes. So you can look at, you can look at the first version of Facebook and say, yeah, but did it matter how the like button worked? Well, now look at what they've accomplished, right? And I think healthcare has to be on that same long-term trajectory of engaging of engaging the population. It is a broken experience. So it is kind of perfect for tech people. You are people who are thinking like in consumer delivery of services because it's the single, like from the appointments to the outcome to hearing, it's utterly confusing. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing my my kids' medical records for school for sports and I, I cannot figure it out. And yeah. I Records have been the thing for it's me that I, so I, very everything. quickly, but anecdotally, I, I went to grad school long after I graduated from undergrad. And so during that decade long mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. everything changed technologically, electronically, and whatever it was. And when I had to actually find medical records for like vaccines and things I'd had before years be and years ago and, and, and needed to find them. I mean, I, I had my mom helping me out and calling doctors no, from literally back home that I hadn't seen in years. So here's my records, buttons. right? On my phone right here in a format that makes sense to me, not a format that makes sense to some insurance company somewhere. And that's the ballgame, right? I I, I really, I would never underestimate the amount to which if you empower people with their own information and you give them the tools to make the right choices, that people will move. Which Silicon Valley has been trying to do for a long, this goes back, you know, Google had been at it. Now they've got Verily, they've got all kinds of things. Let's talk about this idea of Silicon Valley and their obsession with solving health. And they have not. They have, it goes back 10, 15 years. I remember totally the guy, agree. what's his name, at Google. There's Microsoft had a vault, a health vault one. They've all tried to come at it, and then they come out of it pretty yeah. quickly. Now they're moving on to death, like, mm-hmm. and they're interested longevity in the food and stuff and, and longevity. Mm-hmm. Why? And body hacking with the eating and things totally. like that. What? What is that? Yeah, so... Let's let's kind of analyze this uh, in terms of you know let's try and be objective. Like what has Silicon Valley done well and what haven't we done well, right? And I I will personally put myself as both mm-hmm. uh, both part of the, the first bucket and the second bucket, right? Um, so the first thing is. Um, there were a lot of industries when, when tech was booming, you know, 10, 15 years ago, really, really kind of getting its getting its uh, sea legs. The first thing that you saw was there's tons of industries where tech was like, screw it, we don't need to partner with people in that industry, right? Mm-hmm. So like Google didn't hire a bunch of librarians, even mm-hmm. though it kind of replaced that whole that whole industry. They're like, yeah, screw it, we'll figure it out with some algorithms, leave us alone, right? And what you see is the first attempts at, at kind of going after a lot of this health stuff, most of them failed. It's unfair to say that all of them failed, right? Right, but, but they mo- started early. Yeah, yeah. They started early and they were like, yeah, we're not going to partner with the healthcare industry. We're not going to work with these doctors. We'll figure it out. You're just an algorithm. And it turns out that was a bad idea. In retrospect, it's like, yeah, well, no crap, right? Like, it's pretty obvious that was a bad idea. This is super, super complex. Now, today, you see companies like ours, and we're not the only one, right? You can you can look at tons of companies, whether it's uh, my buddy Sami at Verta, who has you know tons of doctors on staff helping build diabetes all management these color, programs. All these color, like all these people, they're you know we, we've as an industry we've wisened up a little, right? 
That's true. Now, let's say, well, why, let's, let's look forward and say, why is there such an obsession with healthcare? And what's funny is whenever people say that, it sounds like a negative thing. To me, it's like, actually, it sounds like a great thing. I want more obsession I with I think what, what they're saying the obsession is, is the weird life extension. It, uh, you're right. Yeah, you, okay. You know, that that's is, but there's point. also, it's not just about, it's not just the subject matter, but it's also sort of a general, I guess, myopia uh, when it comes to the approach for some of these things. You know, you're right. It actually, why do we care this, that, that, that so-and-so, like Peter Thiel's obsessed with the blood thing? And so, or, oh, yeah, I mean, that, it, yeah. at I the same time, what if he, what if he solved sure, it? Like, oh, all right, what if a rich right. guy... We, we would not, all do it. And not only solved it, but solved it for the masses. Yes, I what mean, if he solved it for himself? So what if he's selfish, you know, or whatever, he wants to live forever, any of these I mean, I, I think all that stuff is noise. Although, like, what somebody happens to be doing in their in their house, I don't really... But if they solve it, you're right. You're 100% right. What's the difference? It's not like they're doing something Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I want more people, whether it's biohacking, doing startups, experimenting with, like, innovation is inherently good. And that doesn't mean that it's all going to work. I think we should celebrate the fact that these people are trying. So when I look at Health Vault from Microsoft, Microsoft I think it was, yeah, I say, man, bummer it didn't work out, mm-hmm. but thank you for trying it because now we've learned. We've learned how to do, you know, how to do things right and how to do things wrong from that. But I think that's super, super valuable. And I just keep looking back at like, when you think of the magnitude of problems, when you think of the world's largest problems, healthcare has got to be in what? The top Top three. It's up there with education. It's up there. Who knows what the, the, the exact list is, but it's important. And so I actually kind of asked the opposite question, which is why the hell did it take so long for our industry to start waking up to this? Like, where, where were we? Yeah, you know what? Tons of what we do in this town yeah, is hard. Time is hard. This one is- I agree, but here's the deal. The fact that it's hard doesn't scare me. The fact that, look, companies like ours, super high probability of failure doesn't scare me because my objective function is not that I want to get rich. My objective function is I want to help people. And when you want to help people, you say, yeah, but I know I'm contributing to moving the industry forward, moving healthcare forward, even if we're not successful, because we'll have learned. Some of what we do will be great and others will do it as well. And some of what we do will be stupid and others will say we've learned. Okay. So before we get to the reader's questions, two more things. You raised a bunch of money. How mm-hmm. much have you raised so far? We don't comment on the amount. You're raising more money, presumably. Uh, no, we're not raising right no, now. No, but you raised certain amounts of money. We have raised to do money. that. And you have how many storefronts? Just the one, or yeah, we have uh, one. Uh, we'll be but you're planning uh, others, right? Yep, yep. Because you have to have. And we'll be talk located. about. We'll talk with you about that soon. All right, okay, but that's the you've got to be places because you've got to have people yeah, walking in. Yeah, yeah. Can't be all. Sure. How do you scale so that people don't look at this and say, "Oh, it's the fancy Apple Store doctor's yeah, totally. office in San Francisco totally. that costs a hundred. Like, how do you actually, you know, so, impact so the people you scale you want to help? ways, right? So the first way you scale is horizontally, right? I just want more locations because it turns out that not everybody lives in San Francisco, despite what your listeners may think. Um, the second the second way that you scale is you scale vertically. And by that, what I mean is you're just continuing to offer more and more services, right? So eventually, you know, N years from now, where N might be 100, you've rebuilt the entire healthcare system on top of a modern, a modern platform, right? And then the third way that you scale is actually um, a business model innovation, right? So yeah, we're, we're direct consumer, but it turns out we also have a bunch of companies that have paid for Ford on behalf of all their employees, and that makes it a little more accessible. What kinds of companies? Um, so far, tech companies, because we're in SF, right? Um, uh, maybe not all tech, but you know, a bunch of Silicon Valley Forward style companies. companies. Yeah, um, but you want to get to the masses, and there's multiple ways to get to the masses. You can get there via the employers, you can get there via the insurance system, you can get there via the government, like uh, CMS, um, like Medicare and Medicaid, and you want to go after all those. The trick is you kind of got to walk before you run, because here's one of the mistakes a lot of people do make in, in healthcare, especially tech folks. They say, oh, well, you know, YouTube went from zero to a billion users overnight, so we'll just do that in healthcare. Turns out that's not the case. The, the largest private healthcare system in the United States is Kaiser, right? We all know it. We all think of them as enormous. Well, it turns out they have 11.7 million members. That's all. That's it. 335 million Americans, they have 11.7 million. And how many years have they been at it? More than half a century, right? So when you look at when you look at this, it's not an overnight thing. How many members it's do you go have? through? It's going to go through phases. We don't comment on okay, that, and you know that. Well, Stop right. asking. Ask. <laughs> Stop asking. Are you kidding? How much uh, investment have you gotten? So when you're thinking of the consumer health movement, this is Lauren's big issue. 
about yeah them. i mean i guess I, you guys have them in the karen i talk about unwearables a lot she calls them unwearables i call them wearables i've tested mm-hmm. everyone but i've also tested a lot of health apps and food logging apps and that sort of thing and watched them get absorbed into big brands as everyone your buys your data right uh but but what do you think about the movement the trend towards yeah. uh quantification and cons- you so, know people i mean i was just talking to some doctors this week about apnea because apnea is a thing that um fitbit mm-hmm. has come out and said that it's researching in its labs and a couple of doctors said we're starting to see more of a movement to home tracking of apnea, but it's still class two or class three FDA approved devices. It's not consumer stuff yet. Um, when you think about that movement, cardio is another. Yeah. How does that impact what you do? So, so this, yeah, this is a great, great example of what we've been talking about. So, um, uh, a good buddy of mine uh, that I really respect uh, is uh, Robbie Pearl. He was um, CEO of the Kaiser uh, Medical Group for the last twenty years or so, and he said it. He said it better than I could, which he said, "All these tech people, they're just making tech." technologies in search of problems, right? And so you kind of got to ask yourself, um, you know, what all these kind of health things, it's tracking this metric or that metric, what problem was it solving? But here's the cool thing. When you start to take these technologies and you mix them in with a doctor, now all of a sudden the technologies can actually solve the problems the doctor has. So forward, we use sensors. We send people, we send our customers home with sensors um, if appropriate. But the doctor's on the other end. So if your doctor comes in and is like, you know what, Lauren, we're pretty concerned about your heart. We want to watch it. We want to, you know, turns out that the blood pressure reading that we happen to get on the day you're in um, uh, the exam room might be high, might be low for all sorts of reasons. So we want to monitor that. So now this doctor is sending you home with a blood pressure cuff that's monitoring you over the over the course of the next few weeks. If you go up to any one of our doctors or frankly any doctor in, in industry, they'd say, that's helpful. That's game changing. That's really wonderful. But when you start with the, hey, uh, I think this would be awesome, it's your steps, everybody's like, yeah, but what do I do with that, right? So I think that this innovation needs to come a little more from the other side. Let's start with let's start with the actual practice of care. Let's start with the actual medicine that we're providing, uh, medical practice that we're providing, and say, how can technology support it? That's why from the beginning, we had doctors, right? We said, we don't know what technologies to build. You tell us what technologies to build, and we'll go ahead and build them. And what about all the stuff like you, you you, you on the web, you, know, you just Google things. Now you have so much information. How's that worked out well? Actually, kind of good. It's, it's yeah. definitely slow, like on stupid little stuff. Like, oh, what's that? Like, my arm is twitching today. I don't know why. I love my girlfriend to death. She comes up to me three times a week telling me she's got yeah. some like rare virus. No, I don't ever yeah, think that. It's six clicks to death. You no, fingernail her. And that. then six clicks later. I get that, but I actually dead. find it useful for a small, like, oh, should I do this or should I put this I or what is so, this? So look the like? reason it's tough to do that. If you're not a hypochondriac, it's useful. Yeah, medicine's nuanced, right? Mm-hmm. Medicine's not not the the kind of most concrete science because it's so nascent, right? And so think of a lot of what a doctor is doing is being the interpreter, right? Mm-hmm. They're just kind of helping you out, saying, "Hey, don't worry. The probability of that one's insanely low. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can't even tell you the number, but we know. Look, you haven't been anywhere. You don't have Zika. I'm pretty damn sure of it, right? Whereas WebMD or whatever, you know, Google just can't give you that context, and that's that's where again pairing with the doctor is really really valuable. Mm-hmm. So stop Googling. All right. We're going to take one more break, and then we're going to get to our readers and listeners, and Adrian's going to answer all of them, including how many employees they have, how many patients they have, and what kind of money he's raised. No. Yes, ma'am. Whatever uh, you're talking to, ma'am. First, we're going to take a quick break for a word from one of our other sponsors. Ka-ching. Again. Ka-ching. Adrian, would you like to say ka-ching? Ka-ching. Nice. There well we done. To build the kinds of things developers want to build today, they need better tools. That's why Amazon Web Services built Amazon Aurora. It's a relational database engine that's compatible with MySQL and PostgreSQL. And it provides up to five times the performance of the standard MySQL on the same hardware at a tenth of the cost. Amazon Aurora from AWS can scale up to millions of transactions per minute. It automatically grows your storage to 64 terabytes. That's a lot of terabytes. And it replicates data to three different availability zones. You don't have to manage a thing. There are no upfront charges, no commitments. You only pay for what you use. Check it out at aurora.aws. 
Today's show is brought to you by LegalZoom. It's the last week of National Make a Will Month. I didn't know that was a month. Fitting topic for today. Exactly. Uh, in, the end, in the end, you know what's going to happen to all of us. You know that, right? Let's just not mention that. But Kara's got the situation. scoop. Unless <laughs> that the blood transfusion works. Kara tweets, like I said. Like I said, you're all dying eventually. That means now is the time to take control of your family and assets. Preparing your family's future is the most important thing you'll do this summer. There's a lot to think about, and that's why LegalZoom is creating an estate planning kit to get you going. Go to LegalZoom.com slash prepare to get your free kit. Whether a will or trust is right for you, you'll get special LegalZoom discounts, plus an estate plan checklist, an ebook, and other info to help you decide. And you can also get advice from LegalZoom's nationwide network of independent attorneys. And you won't be billed by the hour since LegalZoom is not a law firm. There are only a few days left in National Make-A-Will Month, so hurry to LegalZoom.com slash prepare right now. There's no obligation. Get great resources to help you protect everything you care about. That's LegalZoom.com slash prepare. We're back with Adrian Aoun, the CEO of Forward. And now we're going to take some questions about the company and the future of healthcare from our readers and listeners. We've got some good ones. Lauren, want it? read the first question. Absolutely. The first question is from Christine Jackman, Chris EJ on Twitter. I don't see why patients foot the bill. What is the real challenge this is solving for patients? This seems to only be solving issues for physicians. Oh, Christine's pissed. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Great, great question. Um, It is kind of, uh, it is kind of broken today, right? That you're kind of footing the bill twice. And that's really annoying, right? Because we've been kind of, uh, we've got our hands tied behind our back in this country, where most of the time you get your health care via your employer, which I I just think is like a broken model, because it reduces your choice, it reduces your ability to to say, I don't want to go with this service, I want to choose a different service. So, so in some cases, yeah, it's, it's double paying. So what a lot of our members do, which works super well, because it just gets around this problem is, and there's just a big movement towards this is uh, choose a high deductible plan, right? If you're on a high deductible plan and then you've got any, you know, an HSA or an FSA, you can use that towards uh, towards forward. It's it's cost neutral to you. Sometimes oh, you actually you save money. Yeah, and a lot of people do that, um, and that's really really helpful to them. So um, so I'd encourage her to kind of look at that. But the second thing is um, saying it's only solving problems for uh, for doctors. Well, first off, um, you know I, I'm very happy to be solving problems for doctors because that is an important problem. Um, but I don't I don't think it's just doing that. And I just encourage her to um, swing by and check it out. And uh, I think you'd be pretty surprised at how much of a difference it is for uh, for our members. Um, or just ask Kara. Yeah. Let's say that Christine enjoyable. does not live in San Francisco. What cities are you going to next? Yeah, so we, uh, we're we not commenting not on that commenting. yet. But, but well, he's telling Christine New to York. swing by. She's going to, she New doesn't York. live Christine, in the area, she's going to pay this like Kara's $40 guessing. for a plane ticket. Oh, I, and I just presumed all your listeners were in San Francisco. So no, right. we're, 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 we're famous worldwide. I'm going to guess. You're famous worldwide. You're not letting me guess where they're going. New oh, York, they'll go to Chicago. They'll go to... Chicago. Austin. I don't like the snow. What? You don't have to go. Oh, okay. That's so the clearly, clearly, you know um, what it's all the, like. All the big cities and maybe like a Palo Alto thrown in there, something like that. Hmm. That's what I see. You're hired. Thank you. See? Very easy. I could do this internet thing. Anyway. No, I don't think we can afford you. No, you cannot. Although Headspace Absolutely. wants to hire Kara yeah, no, for they her don't. meditative qualities. They do. <laughs> you know what my meditation was like? Hi! Oh, dear God. <laughs> See, I know. <laughs> it would be so good. My heart rate just I think he was super interested. I think he was super interested in my meditative. He really was. He was. He, was he, watch out, Andy Puttacombe. Puttacombe. Whatever your name is, because Kara is <laughs> Kara taking Puttacombe, over. My new name uh, is going on. Okay, Carrie Watkins. Uh, Carrie J. Walk at Carrie J. Watkins. How do they see this changing how insurance looks and what is covered? That's because you do have for big things you have yeah. to, which you do have yeah. to do in your regular medical. So, thing. so one of the coolest things about um, about starting Ford has been um, starting to learn, uh, and I and I will absolutely tell you I'm naive to this world, but but just the world of healthcare is not. It's kind of the opposite of the world of you know taxi cabs, right? Mm-hmm. So like when Uber came out, everybody in the taxi world apparently wanted to kill them. At least that's what I read on your blog. Mm-hmm. Um, but in healthcare, every single player comes up to us and just says, great, let's work together. Mm-hmm. They're, they're smart. They they actually do understand that investing more in preventative care and investing more sure, in primary care makes tons. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so as there's been a shift from fee, fee for service, right, where your doctor just bills out every service, 
to value-based medicine, where your doctor just gets a flat rate for taking care of you, all of them are like, oh God, we need to really invest in primary care. Yeah. That's been neglected for a long time. It has. So I actually think that companies like Ford, and we're not the only one, but companies like Ford that are investing in primary care are actually really great to partner with the uh, the transition and yeah, the shift to value-based. Yeah, they don't want you to be sick. It's the yeah. put that donut down diagnostic which is, tools well you know what if that's what it takes stop no but it's, it, it is interesting because so but but just so everyone's carries clear they don't do not bill insurance so you just we go in and pay the fee like yep. you're going to a gym essentially sure. the gym that you're not going to that you're paying 149 dollars for this is probably mutter yeah money. it turns that out is, equinox is about twice our price so yeah. you know yeah no but you and then you don't go um and then you if you have a something that they don't cover like an mri or some serious yeah. cancer issue or yeah, so we still want but you to have But a rash you can do, Oh, right? yeah, yeah. All, like all your primary care stuff, and we're, we're a super expansive version of primary care. We do women's health. We do men's health. We do a yeah. lot of this stuff, right? Yeah. But um, but the stuff that, you know, if you do need to get referred out, um, you should have insurance. And just generally, we, we just think people should have insurance. How is it different from, in that regard, from one medical? I mean, it's fancier. I've been to one medical. So yeah. it's the chairs are fantastic. The outfits are fantastic. The design It does look like an, the Apple store of medical things. Yeah. Um, what, uh, how do you compare yeah. it to that? So, so there's kind of two big differences from traditional care. The first difference... One medical is different than traditional care, too, though. Um, uh, yeah, yeah in, some, in some regards. So th- the first thing that's really important is that we really want to empower both our doctors and our members with information, right? Today, when you want to understand what's going on with your body, it's kind of a black box. You beg somebody to tell you, you know, you ever been in a doctor's office and they're typing up notes throughout you? I was trying mm-hmm. to, like, look around and look at the notes, and they're like, no, don't look, and they've got a privacy filter. It's they're like, wait, that's about me. So they're sliding into someone's DMs yeah, right, right then. So, so the key for us is let's get let's use technology and let's be thorough and let's get as much information as possible. And that's both when you're on site, but also when you're off site, right? When you're at home, this is where the sensors actually come into play. And then the second thing is to not just be this kind of repair shop, like oh, let's wait for you to have the rash, see you for seven minutes, and send you on your way, but to really focus on more of the long term chronic issues, the yes. preventative issues, the things that actually kill us. It was disconcerting how much mm. she talked to me, I have to say. It was disconcerting. Next question. She was, doctor, talk to me a lot. I was like, stop <laughs> being so interested in me. And she goes, well, this is your checkup. And I'm like, well, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Next, next question. Uh, we got a lot of fantastic questions via email from our uh, frequent listener, Liz Weeks. And unfortunately, we, don't, we do not have time to get to them all. But here are a few of them. Let's do um, one and or let's two. Do, yeah. So her first question is about what about dental or oral health? I noticed the emphasis on focusing on systemic root causes for health issues. But Pew has noted the increased need for mm-hmm. preventative oral care, especially in rural areas with lacking yes. water, et cetera. And I don't know if some of you may remember a story that ran in the Washington Post not long ago. It was a pretty heartbreaking story about thousands of people who were lining up uh, like at a gymnasium in, in Virginia to receive free dental yeah. treatments. And some just some of their stories is really, mm-hmm. it's really sad how people don't have access to basic dental care yeah. in this Or country. to people talk about, don't like eat that, don't, you know, yeah. just general knowledge. Right. So, so first off, awesome question. I, I love it. So the reason that we haven't gotten, gotten into dental yet is not that we don't want to. We think it's uh, super, super awesome. Um, there's kind of two things. One, we, uh, we haven't developed kind of game-changing technologies there. And it doesn't make sense for us to go into something if we don't have some kind of, you know, true novel uh, novel thing. Turns out that there's actually some pretty decent um, dental technologies out there. Um, uh, the second thing is that, um, and this, you know, with with all due respect, because it, it is a big issue for a lot of people, uh, I don't know that many people that are dying of dental issues. I know a lot of people that are dying of, of cardiovascular issues, of diabetes, this, that, and the other. And so we'd, we'd prefer to focus on those things uh, much, much more. A lot of the dental issues in the United States, um, at least, and I say this with only cursory understanding, are, are a lot of cosmetic issues. Um, and those are important, and we should we should deal with those. But um, but on my stack rank, I'd rather solve the you know. The so, hard but you could specialize. Answers. You could start to specialize. Yeah, we, we absolutely can, and yeah. we will over time. It's just it's just a question of what order do we go to things. I just had a feeling right now. I, my mouth is. You had a feeling or a feeling? Feeling. Okay. That's I mean, why I, I said feeling because I just said a feeling. Even if it's not life threatening, that someone having I don't know a, a needing a root canal or having a cavity or yeah. not being able to do their job effectively mm-hmm. or hold down a job effectively, mm-hmm. some people can't get jobs because yeah. they're missing teeth or whatever it might be. I mean, yeah. I, I still think that's so. That's a why it's important. important I agree. Yeah. 
I agree. I totally agree, which is why we want to get to it. It's not, it's like, you know, we're, uh, we're not going to ignore it, but, uh, but in our stack. Rank, first. Little- and in mm-hmm. the same question she's asking about AI, machine learning, learning has come uh, to the fore regarding how biased, inappropriate, or flat out incorrect inputs can completely throw off outputs. How's forward dealing with this since you have an AI yeah. backend and, and does it mm-hmm. intend to deal with issues like liability and malpractice? Yeah, yeah. so uh, the way we think about the problem is all we're trying to do is learn from our doctors, right? We're not trying to kind of bypass the doctors. We're just trying to make them more efficient. So it's a little like when you're sending a text message on your phone and it kind of like fixes your typos or it just fills in the word for you and it just makes you a little more efficient. It didn't send the text message without you being involved. It just made it a little, a little easier for you. Mm-hmm. So the key in our system is that our doctors are always in control of the care, right? We don't bypass the doctors. We don't um, we don't overrule the doctors. That's not how it works, and that's not that's not uh, what you know. You've seen what self driving cars do when they go wrong. Can you imagine what it would be like if your mm-hmm. if your doctor went down mm-hmm. that path? We don't want to go down that anytime soon. Um, maybe maybe in thirty years, come back to me, and we'll have a different conversation about that. But um, but basically, the cool thing about using uh, machine learning and AI is now. Instead of just seeing one doctor at Ford, think of it as you're kind of getting a second opinion for free every time because our technology is basically looking at what all of our doctors have done and say, ooh, this is the part that has worked the best. And so now our doctors can very easily learn from each other because the system's saying, hey, hint, hint, this kind of treatment usually works better than this treatment. And that's really great. Yeah, that is one thing in terms of your files being on paper. There's so yeah. many patterns that yeah. should be able to be seen. Exactly. All right. So next question, Lauren. Next question, two questions again from Andrew Porter, uh, AJM Porter on Twitter. With an increasing number of people in favor of some form of quote unquote universal care, how does a service like this square with that? Yeah, so first off, I love the idea of universal care. That being said, I also don't think like we're going to get there anytime soon in the United States. So we're not um, we're not kind of trying to build our business for that model. But uh, should that model come out in the United States, we'd be absolutely happy to work within the constraints of that model. It's a little hard for me to kind of give specifics because it doesn't exist and there's not really a serious kind of plan for it to exist. But uh, but I don't know if uh, if Andrew Porter's working on it. But if he is, uh, you know, God bless him because I think we should move towards that. Yes. The next question you answered already. So an email question from Paul Hitman. Where can layman access helpful info on new help for heart failure patients when neither cardiologists nor the media inform them as they do of cancer breakthroughs? So are you going to like a lot of the the Fitbits, they tried to have more content. I know... all of them did. Was try. Are you? Do you do yeah. that? So again, we we try to always pair something with the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a key a key notion for us is don't try and bypass uh, doctors. It turns out they're pretty smart people. They went mm-hmm. to school for a lot of years. They mean really well. So let them kind of be your guide, right? You don't ever want them to be uh, to be uh, in control of your health. You want them to almost be like like your your guide or your sherpa through your health, sure. right? And so we're constantly um, uh, looking. At all the latest research, and then what our doctors are doing, which is really awesome, is they're going to kind of the relevant uh, our relevant members and saying, "Hey, FYI, Adrian, this just came out. This actually affects your treatment." So, me in particular, without getting too much into my uh, my medical files, uh, I have um, so I do have high risk for um, for heart issues. Um, fairly obvious. It's probably what I'm going to die from. My 23 and me was like. BT dubs, you're going to die of a heart attack, everything mm-hmm. else you can ignore. Mm-hmm. And so, so what's, so I spent a lot of time trying to be, you know, on top of that research. But the truth is, I'm not a doctor, right? Like, what do I know? I'm not, re- you know, Which I'm reading this good. stuff. Exactly, bad. right? And all of a sudden, I think I have Zika virus, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like the WebMD problem. And so, uh, so my doctor at Ford, who's, uh, who's awesome, is just kind of constantly telling me, and he's, you know, sometimes I ask him, hey, should I care about this or not? But honestly, he's coming to me saying, hey, Adrian, you know that, that medication you've been on for a few years? I know you were on it. I know your prior doctor was awesome. But it turns out that's, that's now outdated, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't keep you on that. So we're going to go ahead and switch you from this to this. He explains it. He explains both the research, but also like, what do we know? And here's the key. What do we not know? Which traditional care, because you don't have, you don't have more than seven minutes. They don't spend the time to tell you like, Hey, we know this thing for sure. Versus 
we might know this. This one's kind of a you know a little, little crapshoot. And the truth is, again, we're really early in the field of science. Of course, that's all subjective because some I've seen doctors, my brothers, and I argue about the same study. Like they, yeah. and then you're, you're like, what? They don't think so. Yeah. It would be helpful if there was some way AI or some other computing techniques could. Like I would love to get the latest information about strokes. Yeah. And my doctor doesn't think I, about it. Doesn't. I agree, and I'd love to work on that problem um, mm-hmm. over time. It's it's a hard it's a really hard problem. Um, it's one that's definitely worth working on. We're, we have like the beginnings of this. What you're doing. Yeah. You know, here you are. If, if, the, totally. if it could pop in and go, oh, this person had this, so therefore they might. Yeah, be you'll actually. Uh, you know, I don't want to pre-announce anything. You'll see the beginnings of us kind of doing a little of that Just in the coming weeks, which is interesting. But they could yeah. be easily tailored, especially to. around especially around metrics. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start kind of empowering you to really understand. You know, when you go, you get this like blood test, and you see these forty-seven different numbers, and you don't know what they mean, and you don't know how to think yes. about them. That's a really good place to start demystifying things, so that yeah. when that research comes out, you really understand what am I trying to change, right? How does this affect my LDL, my HDL? What's, what's interesting is it, simplification would certainly be helpful for any new offering because that's another area that is, I think they keep it mystified for very good reason to keep you away from. Yeah. Under, they don't want people asking them dumb questions, but dumb questions is precisely Totally. They, Though I want to I wanna just make sure I address a slight nuance there, which is we don't want to dumb it down. No, of course not. So, so one of the things a lot of doctors, or not doctor, a lot of traditional care does is, again, it comes down to this, like, I've got five minutes, whatever, is like, oh, your heart's fine. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me my heart's fine. Mm-hmm. Tell me, like, educate me. These are the 12 things you need to understand about your heart. These ones look pretty good. These ones look pretty bad. These ones got better. These ones got worse. And so a lot of people, um, especially, uh, especially tech companies, have said, okay, can I just, like, simplify this to one number this that and i actually think i actually think people are a lot smarter and care yeah. a lot more than we realize yeah i do think they do i think what it is is they get annoyed by people yeah. having been on google or have some idea totally. you know again i have a lot of doctors in my family and one of the things but at the same time i mean i've been in so many situations that i had low white blood cells at one point and they couldn't figure it out and then the doctor said well what you're suffering from is neutropenia and that's of course means low white yeah, blood yeah. cells and i go you just described what I had but not the diagnosis and he's like no that's what you suffer from I'm like no that's a description and I said I can speak English better than you so I'm pretty certain that's what you're doing and he just it was fascinating because you could see the struggle of the doctor they've trained for all this time there's there's sort of this this godlike thing around doctors which has gotten less so over time but yeah, it was interesting because I finally said can you just say I don't know because I would prefer I don't know and he wouldn't say I don't, I don't know I said but you don't know do you and he's like I'm not going to say that I go just say you don't know and it was like can you imagine yeah. being my patient me being your patient but it was interesting because you can't you can not dumb it down but make it like it seems to me there could be a lot of computer ways to do that which I think is probably but I think yeah. one of the challenges too for startups is they can't necessarily like I mean you're a doctor's office so it's different but you mentioned like other mm-hmm. tech companies and they can't necessarily diagnose yeah. you right they might no, say, they'll cite things they'll say like the CDC things, says or the yes, Mayo Clinic says or whatever it might things. be but they can only be so prescriptive in some of these yes. direct-to-consumer yeah, yeah, applications the of things the yeah. very last question that I think someone did bring up Liz the idea of underserved communities this is you oh, know yeah. this shouldn't cost 149 can you get it to a price that's you know twenty dollars a month or something like that is there a way to do that or even middle class communities so that you sort of start to take away the the healthcare burden and get more preventative so uh, i agree with you i think it's it's uh it sucks and it's a travesty that it costs a lot uh and i'm totally with you we absolutely can uh whether it's us or just as an industry get this kind of modern um uh kind of um comprehensive care to a low price what we can't do is we can't do it overnight Right. Mm-hmm. So again, it just comes back to you know it took Elon what twelve years to sh- to go from 150k to to 35k. Well, it's going to take us who knows that amount of time, maybe longer. We don't know. So we're working on it. We're working super hard on it. A lot of our technology is all about just the efficiency of interaction. Right? Do you can we make it so you don't have to come in if you don't need to come in? Can we make it so your doctor's not spending hours typing up notes or fighting with insurance companies? And we're and we're we're well on our way towards that. Um, so you'll see us do a few things. Um, first off, we do want to. Uh, 
launch kind of lower price options. Um, and so uh, I'm not pre-announcing that, but in essence, uh, I am. Uh, so you'll see that come soon. The second thing is um, is that, again, we want to work with employers and even insurers to kind of help get it out to the masses. Again, these things take time. The, yeah. As you know, the healthcare industry doesn't doesn't move overnight, nor should it necessarily. Um, and, then, uh, and then the third thing um, really, really comes to what we as a company like to do is just, uh, and might be what, what this person was talking about, is we actually give away some memberships um, uh, as well um, to folks from the underserved community. Um, that's not a model that scales. Um, so uh, so I don't think it's like it should be kind of the number one plan of doing so. But, uh, but it also kind of helps in the, in the short term. Great. Adrian. Thank you. This has been great. This is Adrian Oon from Forward, which is and a health... you have to howl it. <laughs> I like to howl. Anyway, uh, thank you so much. It's a really important topic, and it's I actually do find it nice that Silicon Valley people are working on real problems. I'm sorry, I consider these real problems as opposed to some of the things they work on. Yes. yes thank you for do. joining thank us, you. Adrian. This has been another great episode. And if you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to our show, and you can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. But seriously, subscribe. If you do, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. And studies show that if you do subscribe, your heart rate goes down significantly. Significantly. So subscribe. Uh, But if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, or really wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can just go to our website, go to recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Dr. Peter. Kafka. And go to TheVerge.com to find The Vergecast, which is our flagship podcast hosted by Neil Patel. Indeed. He's a nurse, right? Is that correct? Anyway. Yes, nurse Neil Patel. Patel. <laughs> sounds good, actually. Yes. Don't that made me laugh. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Embarrassed at Recode.net. I think Neil would be, do like sound therapy. He'd be like, yeah, he has, he's a speaker, speaker head, and he'd like have some cool speaker, and he'd be like, right. listen. I'm not going to nurse sound therapy. Eli. Not sound therapy. in this lifetime. <laughs> but thank you for listening to everybody, and thanks also to Cadence 13, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson, whose heart rate goes up whose on a new name basis is Nurse Neela. with us. We'll be We're back next week name. to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask, so tune in then. 